0: Folks, welcome to the Noble Man Podcast, and boy, have we got a a delightful interview for you this week. I'm, I'm super excited to have a lady on by the name of Queenie Jenkins. Now, I I had not met her. I heard the story of her and her sons on a podcast that I listen to pretty frequently called The World and Everything in It. And we're going to give you a link to this podcast because I, I love it. It's it's news based on a biblical worldview, so you need to check out that. But this story of Queenie Jenkins and her sons and their adventure as entrepreneurs has been just a real encouragement to me. So I reached out to her through their website and to my surprise, she responded. And so we had a great conversation and now we've got her on the podcast. So there's a great story about her sons as entrepreneurs, a little business that they started. Uh, But before we get to that, Queenie, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Where are you in life and, and what's going on? Just to introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Of course. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you wanting to, first of all, enjoying the story uh, about my sons and then wanting to have me on um, to share more about them and um, wanting to speak to me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I was reluctant <laughs> to do it because I'm a behind-the-scenes person. I, I manage everything. I'm, I'm okay with not being seen. I'm okay with not being heard. I just want to make sure that my boys get to where they're supposed to be And that's just my journey. But um, but, yeah, we're in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta. Um, I'm a wife. I'm I'm a God lover. (laughs) I'm a momager. I have two wonderful boys that just, you know, they're innovative. They have these these gifts, these ideas. And I just go to the Lord and ask me, oh, my God, you gave this to us. (laughs) You have to direct me as to how you want this implemented. What's the plan? What do I do? where do I go? And, and it's just like, it's really just like that. There is no, um, me trying to do things. It's me asking God, um, to lead, guide, guard, and direct. If he's not leading, guiding, guarding, direct, I'm I'm not doing it. Directing. I'm not doing it.
0: And, and I love that, but you and I, um, we had a preliminary conversation a couple of weeks ago and you expressed your reluctance and, and, and so we kind of worked through uh, your reluctance. But part of what I learned is that you didn't grow up in a Christian home. This is not your breathing air that you had not breathed as a, a little girl. And so you came to Christ as an adult and are really transforming. You and your husband are transforming the history of your family as it relates to to Jesus. So tell us just a, a short version of how you came to faith and uh, the fact that this is all new and fresh for you in terms of leading a Christian family.
1: Yeah, so that's true. Um, I was unchurched, uh, didn't know anything about the Lord. Actually, to be honest, ran from church people.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and so God sent this lady, um, well, this young lady, she was, um, I was 27 at the time. Um, she was a little bit younger than me. She probably was like 24, 25, something like that. And, um, she was telling me about her mom. She was like, you need to meet, and she was backslidden. And she was like, you need to meet my mom. I met her mom. Her mom, um, is a bishop. And she just loved the fact that I had this hunger. I used to just open my Bible up and I said, Jesus, who are you? Wow. Like, And I would ask him, take these words and make them leap into my spirit. I want to know you like people say they know you on TV and people say they know you in church. I want to know that Jesus. And um, and that's what ended up happening. She would give me book after book. I would read one book in a week. She'd give me another book. And there was all this stuff about who Jesus is and about prayer and fasting and all this stuff. And that's how I learned how to be saved.
0: That's incredible. Now, your husband, uh, you were married at the time, I think, or was that before you got married?
1: Um That was, we were married then. Okay. We were newly, right. We yeah. were newly married, right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, there, there's something else. I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, but you mentioned it um, when we talked beforehand and you were sharing your testimony that you were uh, essentially a fashion designer. And, and so that becomes part of this story. Um, And you came under conviction about some of the things that you designed. And so I'll stop there and and just tell about how that conviction um, took you to a place where you made some pretty significant decisions about clothing.
1: I did. Um, Yeah, so. I used to wear things that were so unpleasing um, to God. And I had no clue that there was anything wrong with them. Um, that's what everybody did. That's what everybody wore. That's what they sold in the stores. So um, there was no conviction there. I didn't know God. And so um, when I got saved, um, one day I came home and my husband was standing, uh, he was standing in, in, on the sidewalk and he said, um, the neighbors want to see you. Now, I, like I said, I've been praying this prayer. Jesus, you know, make these words leap off the page into my spirit. And I've been hearing about spirit and body and and having a soul, but I didn't quite know what all this stuff meant. And so the bishop, she told me, take this oil. She, she uh, prayed over the oil. She told me to take it, put a cross on my forehead and, you know, pray and ask God to show me the things that he wanted me to do. And so I said, okay, so I did that every day. And so when I got home, He was standing on the sidewalk. He said, the neighbors want to see you. And I was just like, why would the neighbors want to see me? It was two guys, you know, living together. So I was like, why would they want to see me? I was so confused. And so I walked into the house. And when I walked in, there was three ladies. Um, They were probably all like 60 something in their 60s, 62. I think one of them told me they were 62, but they were older women. And they were all sitting there at the table with the Bible open. And when I walked in, they said, um, God says that if you want to hear from him, you need to lay prostrate, lay flat on your face when you pray and you ask him what you need. And when you get dressed from now on, you go into your closet and you um, anoint your head, which I was already doing. They said anoint your head and you tell God, God, what do you want me to wear? And that kind of was, you know, something that I started doing but didn't understand, but I kept doing it. And one day I wore the same clothes that I always wore, uh, wore and walked outside, was getting ready to go, run an errand, but I was kind of fidgety. I was like, what's wrong with this skirt? It was tight. It was a mini skirt. It had a slit. It was just ah, so unpleasing. And so I was like, what is going on with my clothes? They feel funny. And so as I get to the car, it kept happening. I said, well, let me go back upstairs and change. I didn't know what was going on. So as I changed and started changing into something else unpleasing, I felt something. I couldn't really, now I know it was the presence of God. And I said, oh, I said, oh, I get it. I get it. So what I did was I bagged up all the clothes and I said, well, God, I said, well, what do I do now? I said, if I give all these clothes away, if you don't want me to wear this, then other girls or other women are going to be wearing this stuff. So I kind of just got rid of them so no one else could be you know walking
0: around and (laughs) music. I just I love that radical response to God speaking into your life I think we need uh, because God speaks we just don't always respond and Mm -hmm. um, I I just I thought that was an awesome story and I bet we'll get into this but I bet you have an interesting word for your boys about what they're watching for in a young lady and yes (laughs) I, I, you you have a unique opportunity to speak into their lives because of how you responded to that conviction. So uh, mm-hmm. that's just pretty pretty cool. Well, listen. Yes. So I, I I got excited about the story of the boys and their entrepreneurship. So tell tell us the story of how they began to get involved in this business of essentially making bow ties for young men. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So that started when they were um, five and three. Uh, it it kind of just happened. I couldn't get them away from the machine. Um, I didn't want them to be around it because they were so young. Um, and, you know, they're furious at that age. Um, they kept touching the machine. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to get them to stop? Um, and so I said, let's think safety. And so I sat one in my lap and I told Jay bez I said, Jay bez I said, you just press the button. I mean, press the uh, pedal with your foot to make the machine go. And I said, Christopher, I said, you just press the reverse button up and down. That's your job. And so that's what they did. Um, And they did that. And then they were, they started to ask me, mom, can we um, guide the fabric? I was just like, oh my gosh, that's too close to the needle. But I'm like, they're not afraid. I'm just like, okay, yes, you can guide the needle. I mean, you can guide the fabric. And so when they got at the fabric, they both wanted to take turns. At one point, I had both of them in my lap. I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, they wanted to be around it. And so we were just making pillows. And that's what we did. We just made pillows. And then um, so that was five and three. And then fast forward to when Jay bez was seven. Um, he asked me one day, he said, Mom, can you take us to the fabric store to get cartoon character fabric so we can make our own pillows? And I said, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And so took them to the um, fabric store. And at this time they had been picking out fabrics already from five and three. Um, So they kind of knew how to do that already. Um, And so we went, they picked out their fabric and that was that we just started making pillows from there. I would take their old t-shirts and tell them to uh, show them how to cut their sleeves off and make them into pillows and stuff them. And that's just kind of what we did. We didn't throw any scraps away. And uh, we had a little scrap drawer. And then fast forward to nine. So Jabez Bez is nine now. And he comes in from school. And I don't even think he said hello. <laughs> he walked in with a plan. And he said, Mom, can I use the scraps of fabric from the pillows to make 30 bow ties for boys and 30 hair bows for girls for career day? And I was like, hi, son. Yeah, where would <laughs> that come from? <laughs> Like,
0: what did he just say? Bow ties? What? <laughs> so, yeah. So they, so tell the story because they, um, you helped them make these bow ties and mm-hmm. these hair bows, and and mm-hmm. so this is career day. This is um, right. and everybody had to do something to have like right. a business plan or something right. like that. Exactly. So he right. brought those and, to the school, and and mm-hmm. what happened when he brought these these homemade bow ties and hair bows in?
1: Yeah. So he took them. And when he laid everything out, he sold out like the teachers swarmed him. He sold out within minutes. Yeah. I mean, within minutes. Um, And then it caused a frenzy at the school all day. So this was from nine o'clock until two o'clock when school was out or, you know, 220 when school was out. It caused a frenzy all day. Um, teachers were going to get teachers in the back of the building. they were going all over this building, coming back with more teachers saying, you know, can you bring um, this color fabric tomorrow? Can you bring this color both tie? My son has this, my son has that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this was just for career day. <laughs> yeah. so, but we, he was sold out and it was like, it just didn't even like, it didn't register. They kept asking all day long.
0: And so that inspired him to say, Hey, something's happening here. What, right. what do I and do next
1: when when they when the school, when the teachers kept coming to him, he thought to himself, he said, I can be successful in real life. Yeah. And so but he didn't come to me and ask me about changing things, you know, into real life until after some time later um because he kept getting every day the teachers kept asking did you bring them more bow ties did you bring blue did you bring red i need this color i need that color so and he was like you know no and so he kept coming to me asking me and i said son i said the next person that asks you about bow ties tell them uh this is not for, this was not for real life. This was just for career day. And so he taught, he kept telling, you know, the teacher that and they kept asking and he kept saying it wasn't for real life. It was just for career day. And so then finally, one day he came to me and he said, mom, can you take me to Atlanta to sell bow ties? And I I was like, I couldn't tell him this was for, you know, career day. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I said, okay, son, I said, ask, ask your brother, Will he, will he help you? And and we can,
0: and this Kings and Gents was born. That's awesome. So, so let me back up here and look at a couple of principles. So you were sewing and it's something they saw you do routinely and they were Mm -hmm. around that and they wanted to be involved in what you were doing. They wanted to be close. And so I think it's interesting that you, you had a, a safety conscious moment and said, I don't know if this is a good idea. Right. But right. Here's the cool thing that I want you to pick up. Those of you who are listening, we have got to allow our kids to take risks. And, you know, so it, it could have got a needle in the finger, could have been painful, could have been some, some things could happen, but oh my goodness, man, kids mature, they grow up, they just, they grow incredibly quickly when we allow them to chase dreams and experience things and do risky things. And so I just love that you were willing to let them do that. And then you see their wings begin to sprout and their ideas begin to flow. Is that a fair statement of that whole thing?
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Of course. And that that's so true. That's, we definitely have to do that because, and that was the reason why I didn't want them to touch or be even around the machine. Because when I was 13, when my very, I was so excited. My very first time that I was ever able to be around the machine, I was threading the machine and got the needle stuck in my index finger. And I never wanted to touch the machine ever again. And I didn't want that to happen to them.
0: Right. But they were so excited that you relented and said, I'm going to do this. And, And I love the picture of it, many of you may not understand exactly how an electric sewing machine works. I don't know, but generally, you're pushing the fabric and manipulating the fabric on a, a table part of the machine, but there's a foot pedal that causes the machine to move and um, so I just love the idea that one of them is sitting in the chair moving the fabric and having to tell the other one okay push the pedal stop push the pedal stop I mean you so they end up doing this teamwork thing that is just absolutely hilarious and inspiring and it's just what you want to see good men do they work together to accomplish something that one of them could not do
1: right and that's you know really that's how they work together now so um like they had a um, they had a bow tie that they were making and they were um wanting to do a, a different like a different kind of look that they normally you know don't do and so um they kind of we, we were looking at it and we were like well should we change the neckband to this color and then Christopher was like, well, I think we should do it this way. And JBL was like, I think we should do it the other way, you know? And so they work together and they kind of bounce ideas off of each other, but they kind of think, think alike and think the same. And that that's what kind of makes them such a great team um, because they can bounce ideas off each other. And they kind of think alike.
0: Yep. They encourage each other. They're in this together. And um, so that's just fun. Now. um, So. You took them to Atlanta to sell bow ties, and it continued to gain momentum. And you've already mentioned this, kings and gents. And so this turned into really a business enterprise for them. There's a website, and you guys sell ties online and all over the place. And so how did that develop? Tell tell us a couple of steps in the story to developing this whole website and business for them.
1: So... We started off, um, it was back in, let's see, 2000, around 2018. So it was a little bit before the pandemic happened. Right. So it was 2018. So, um, the, well, the first thing that happened was there was a, a order that came in and it was a, a woman that, you know, heard about them. And she was like, hey, I'm getting married. I want your boys to make my bow ties for my wedding. So, they, and when people order, they, a lot of times they'll do like a batch order or like a bulk order, right. um, they'll order 18 or, or a dozen or, you know, however many. And they even have a deal on the table right now where um, a nonprofit organization is wanting a hundred bow ties. So, you know, we work those kind of things where, you know, I can let them do these deals so I can show them like, you know, this started way back then, but look what happens now because you guys did not quit, because yeah. you didn't stop, you know? and so um so in 2018 is when it all really became official someone reached out and said you know uh we we saw your sons on the news and uh, we want them at our event and we want them to uh, encourage the kids and i was just like what my son's have never done that before <laughs> i'm like
0: what um
1: okay and so i agreed to it and it's it started from there it started from there and i said when we got um when we got the uh we got the order for the wedding. And then after the wedding, someone else heard, and it was, it was a businessman. And he was like, well, I, you know, I need some bow ties for my business. And so that kind of built up where I need a website. (laughs) I need to put a website together for them. And so, and then, you know, with them being on the news, people needed a way to contact us. And so, um, the business owner that needed the um, the, the bow ties, he ordered um, 18 bow ties. I think 18, 18 might be that number, but yeah. um, it was 18 uh, bow ties and pocket squares, 18 bow ties for this business owner. And so the business owner, he said, well, you need to get them a website, all of this stuff. He said, take a picture of them holding a check for me, put all this stuff online. And I was like, what? I don't even know how to use Instagram. What? I don't even know how to do that. And so, I was just like, oh, my God, I was barely even using Facebook. And so um, he, he said, you need to put that on there. And I, was, I said, OK. And so that's when, you know, the website came about. I had no idea of how to put a website together. I had no clue what I was doing. And so I, I default to God. I'm like, God, I don't know exactly what you're saying here. I don't I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you. No, know, because I don't know. And so I put the the website together, and it's just been contact after contact, email after email. It's it's just been a blessing.
0: So you are essentially a manager for them, and are mm-hmm. are now are they still sewing bow ties? Yes,
1: yes, yes yep. yeah, yep.
0: Yes, so they're mm-hmm. they're still sewing bow ties now. I also right, well,
1: we're, we're they sew bow ties, but we're looking right now at a we have two two people in mind. Um, two companies in mind to because remember I told you about the yeah. Macy's yeah. ordeal. That's gonna require a manufacturer. They'll right. still be, you know, the designers. Design. Yeah. Right. They'll still be the designers, but they will pretty much make sure, like we do now, we do quality control. We make right. sure that those if we wouldn't buy it, we wouldn't sell it. Right. And so we're looking at a couple of manufacturers as we speak, because like I said, you know, it's it's to a point where these orders are coming in, like I said, the hundred. Bow ties for a nonprofit organization. Um, There's another um, set of bow ties we need to put together for a different nonprofit organization. So things are coming in, and so we're going to start needing a
0: manufacturer. Well, and this is part of entrepreneurship is scaling up. You want to develop an idea that can be scaled and multiplied and um, and advanced. And so now, so you're continuing to help them with that. Are these? is this all that they do? Tell me a little bit more about what your boys do. Um, I think I know some of these answers, but but tell me about what Chris, how old are they now?
1: So they're 15 and 14. Jabez is 15. Christopher is 14. And not only are they you know, bow tie designers, um, they're also authors. They wrote Um, A couple of books, of course, I helped them, you know, because they were a little bit younger, but I helped them convey what they were saying. But they they got a book deal um, a couple of years ago. um, And that book is called Bowtie Brothers. Um, It follows their journey as kidpreneurs. um, And then they also have a an e-book and that's getting ready to be become an e-course. We're working on that right now. And so the e-course by the end of uh, the middle of June around the middle of June, it should be complete. Um, It's it's like 90% complete, Um, but we'll have the e-course ready. But they have a couple of books that, that's a couple more books that are coming out. They have an activity book, Um, but they're authors. They also play basketball. Um, They are um, brand ambassadors for National Lemonade Company. So, and then they they also are personalities, um, YouTube personalities, they have a, a media partner um, out in California, and uh, they're going to be releasing their own show where they actually um, highlight other young kidpreneur boys like them, um, and that is going to be coming out um, in June. That'll be coming out in June as well. Yeah.
0: Well, now all of this started because you said yes to letting them play <laughs> on the sewing machine and make right. some <laughs> make some pillows, and that's what I love because. I, my wife and I work with young couples at our church, and um, one of the things that we see often is that we, it, when our children are young and they're underfoot, and boy, it takes longer to wash the dishes. It takes longer to do almost anything that they're involved in, but the time to invite them into that is when they're young. The time mm-hmm. to teach them about how to do good work because it's pleasing to the Lord. We're doing everything as unto the Lord. Um, the, the time to teach them to take care of themselves is when they're young, all these things. And because you did that, it opened up a whole sea of opportunities for them. And, I, you know, one of the things that I think about in this, there, I, I wrote this down. There are some folks who would say, well, I don't, you know— sewing doesn't sound very masculine i wouldn't want my my kids sewing but this is not all that your kids do i mean their their real focus was the design piece and can i do this as a businessman in this school project um to make some money i mean they just took a skill that they knew they could develop and turned it into something that was profitable and has been profitable in many ways so that's huge
1: And you know another thing I just thought about too is this: um, when we when this started, this this is all God. So if God is okay with it, I'm okay with it. You know, um, I I, that idea was dropped as a seed into my son. It had nothing to do with me. I, I don't even know where bow ties came from. That had to come from the Lord because. I, he just came home with a plan. Yeah. And I had never talked to him about bow ties, about starting a business, had never once talked to him about anything like that. And he came in the door with a plan. So I know that had to be God. And I know that God is okay with that. And, um, and if he wasn't, he wouldn't have dropped that seed in my nine-year-old son.
0: Yeah. And, and so you get to see that develop and and mature right. and produce fruit and a variety of fruit. You know, I'll, I'll make a confession here. Um, I do men's ministry full-time. I've worked construction, played football. I do all of these things. But, folks, I want to tell you that I used to sew when I was a kid. Um, I My mom struggled with some of those things. I actually taught mom how to thread the sewing machine. And then I did cruel embroidery, so I know how to make little flowers on – on fabric and i i hooked rugs i did all of this crafty stuff just because i wanted to be busy doing something all the time in addition to woodworking so yeah queenie
1: yep i was just gonna inject really quick you know um i don't know if a lot of people are aware of this but did you know in college michael jordan that's how he made his money he was really? so buttons yes he was so buttons on um like you know the guys they will come to him because they their buttons came off he would sew their buttons on
0: he did that in college. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so so let me let me take this a little bit further, ask you some more questions. So, how are you teaching them or what are they learning about how to represent Christ well in the midst of this this success that they're experiencing and Um, are you, are they tithing? Are they, how, how are they managing their finances? And so give us some, some idea of how you've turned this not only into a money-making endeavor and, um, a business development, but really teaching, discipling them on how to be godly men. What, what has that looked like as you and your husband pour into them in that regard?
1: So, of course, you know, we're Christians first. So momager is after that. (laughs) Um, The one thing that I need them to know is and I tell them all the time, I am not raising two young men. I'm raising someone's husband and someone's father. So I know there's certain things that they need to know. They need to know how to manage their money. Um, One thing that I did, God showed them when they were a little bit younger Um, I went and got them a play um checkbook set. I don't know if they still sell these, um, but it was a checkbook set. It was a um a bank book, a checkbook. Um, and I think they had a a calculator came with it and a pen. And so I would just, when they were young, probably around you know, seven, eight, when I knew that they can write well and add and subtract well, um, I had them start managing a checkbook, a fake checkbook. Um and I, I wanted them to be able to know, you know, we we would set stuff up on the on the kitchen table and I say, OK, um, how much how much do you have? And they would add it all up and I would tell them how much it cost, And I would tell them, that, you know, taxes and all that stuff. And then they would write the check. And I said, well, if you started out with fifty dollars, um, you don't really have fifty dollars anymore after you purchase this stuff. And so we have to teach them how to manage their money so that they're not spending it all because they get it all in. Right. Um, another thing, you know, that's important is tithing. Right. Um, we, not only did we teach them to tithe, but also to put money back into your business. Mm -hmm. You have to go and buy more fabric. You have to go and buy, you know, more supplies. That's really important or you won't have a business. That's right. Um, you know, and then the other thing I was going to, um, mention to you was this, um, I tell them all the time, God chose you. He looked down in the earth and out of all the children, in this world, he chose you and your brother to do what you're doing. Right. So at any moment, you have to be a steward over what he's giving you to do because he could have chosen two other little boys, but he chose you guys, right? And so I've been teaching them that since they were really, really little. So now that's ingrained in them that God, he chose us. Um, and with what he's given us to do, we need to make sure that we're pleasing him with what we do. So we do what we can, and then we also help where we can. And I tell them, you know, this platform was given to you by God. So use it in a good way. Help those that need help. And you help where you can. We can't help everybody. Right. But we help where we can. Um, back in February, February 21st, I believe it was tw- the 21st, they gave away 13 three-piece suits um, to up-and-coming or boys wow. uh, to make sure that they had what they need for their photo shoot. To make sure they had what they needed for, you know, their next meeting. Like this is this is real for us. Like we we know that there's kids out here that want to start businesses or that's trying to start or they they've started but they don't have all the pieces and parts. So God gave us this platform. We can help. We can partner and collaborate with you know organizations that help us help these other kids. And so that's what we did.
0: This sounds like a juvenile Shark Tank, baby Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do I couldn't resist. You, you but, know what? What's that?
1: That you know, you're like the second person. I don't know what this is all about, but you're well, like the second person that said that my kids have a story that's themed around Shark Tank. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know why people keep saying. That. Yeah. I'm like, I
0: don't well, know. Let me let me ask this question. Get you to tell this story. We were talking before we started about the fact that. Um, they have a mentor. And so you have been incredibly helpful in this process. But I I know for me personally, I would only know what I know. And so my kids would have to have some help from some other folks. And so it's been really cool that it, it, it sounds like tell the story of how they've got some help to answer some questions that go beyond what you have been able to do at this point or what you know and that's in in no way to to belittle or demean where you are anything but we all have limitations so talk about their mentor
1: you know and that's 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 right and and i don't even look at it in that way i look at it as god he sees all that's right he sees everything and he knows all he knows exactly what we need even when we don't even know what we do or don't need you know he's sitting there like you said, there's a ram in the bush. He always makes sure right. that when we get to that next level or to that next place, he's got somebody already waiting for us, whether we know it or not. And so um, it happened when, uh, let's see, back in April, this past April, um, the boys were being awarded a proclamation for Kiprenor Day. So they've been yeah. awarded their own holiday um, in our county. And so I felt like the Lord was telling telling me to you know to do that. So I contacted our county and I was like, Lord, I don't even know what this would mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to contact these people, you know, because you're I feel like you're leading me and, and telling me to do this. So that's what I did. Well, when I did that, um, I didn't get a response. I didn't get a response. Well, I said, well, God, I know you told me to do that. And so we got an email just this out of the blue email saying that we needed our homeowners association." association was having this meeting and they want, even though it didn't have anything to do with our side of the neighborhood, right. they wanted all of us there. And, and I told my husband, I said, well, they're going to build it anyway. So, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not against it. And so he said, but they want us all there. And I said, okay, I really don't want to be in this meeting, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go because I'm like, God is telling me to be in this meeting through my husband. And I'm just like, okay. So the meeting started and i didn't really want to be in the meeting because i was like you know i'm okay with them building whatever they're building um but at the last minute my husband said the meeting is starting so i log on and when i log on i see this lady that i recognized i had no clue that she was in our county and that she was a chairman i had no no clue but god knew i didn't know and so um i look at her face and God said, contact her right now. And so I pick up my phone and I send her a message. Um, and I said, my kids, they did an event with, um, at the YMCA, at the historical YMCA in Atlanta. So I had to tell her this background right. so she could remember who we were. And so she texted me right back during the meeting. Now she's on Zoom with all these people <laughs> and she's texting me. And so she said, I know your sons. I, I know your sons. Um, she said, well, listen, when we get off this call, let me give you some information. And she said, forward me the email that you forwarded to the county. I forwarded her the email and she sent the information over. Um, The chairman said, uh, because she's the vice chair, the chairman got the email and he said, I did not know that, you know, that you guys were, he said, I'm not sure what happened. He said, I want to meet your sons. And I said, okay, left it at that. And I said, thank you, God, you know, thank you, you know, what we don't know. And so get this meeting and he said, I would be delighted to give your kids their own holiday. Um, and so that was that. Well, when we went in to, for him to sign the proclamation, he said that he wanted to have someone that he really thought needed to be at the meeting there. Right. We get there and it's the guy who is partners with the, um, what's his name, Damon from, from Shark Tank. Oh, really? Yes, wow. he was in the meeting. And so I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, my goodness. We so, have not because
0: yeah. we ask not, right?
1: Right.
0: So right. Wow. That's amazing. Well, so let me um, let me ask you this. I know you pray over your sons, and scripture is important to you. So what scripture comes to mind as you think about raising up godly men and where they are or what or what prayer do you pray over your sons? routinely as a mom who's watching. These young men juggle lots of different stuff because w- w- when you begin to to move in and out of these circles, um, God is blessing, but Satan is is ramping up his game too. And so right. if if we're going to remain faithful to the Lord in those situations, we've got to have a sense of humility and a sense of groundedness in the word. So what are you as a mom doing to encourage them in that uh, with your prayers and and scripture?
1: So I I talk to my boys a lot. Um, One thing that I always told them is to make sure you stay humble. Um, I said, just as quick as God gave it to us, he could take it away. And uh, so the scripture that comes to mind that I always tell them about is the one where it says God is close to the humble and he's far from the proud. And so, um, and then I'll tell I kind of roll that with the other scripture that says, um, pride comes before a fall. So I always let them know, you know, stay in a humble place, um, whatever you're doing, ask God before you ask anybody else, just make sure you run it by God. If God says it's okay, then you do it. Um, if it's going to shame God, if it's going to shame you, if it's going to shame your family name, just don't do it. And And I let them know too, that, you know, we're not perfect. Think nobody is perfect. And, you know, if you make a mistake, God is there as long as you repent and say, God, I am so sorry for what I've done, for what I said. You know, please forgive me and turn from your sin. He's there. He's right. There. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And I, I talk to them like that so they can have that real understanding, um, not some far away like knowledge of God, but a real understanding that it doesn't matter what it is how small or how big you pray about it. Um, they asked me, they said, mom, you know, can you get our bow ties and Macy's? I said, you know what? Pray about it. Pray about it every day until it happens. And so I make prayer a part of everything that they're doing. Um, another scripture that comes to mind is Proverbs 10 and 13. And I just wanted to read that really quick. Um, in the lips of him that hath understanding wisdom is found. Um, And then the other one is uh, verse 14, where, and that's part of 13, but 14 also says wise men lay up knowledge, um, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. So just letting them know that there's knowledge to be had. If we want that knowledge, there's wisdom to be had if we want to operate in wisdom. Um, And that's one thing that I believe in the spirit of excellence. We don't have to be perfect, but do your best and God will do the rest. But you have to do your best.
0: That's right. We have to we have to give what has been given to us. We have to steward it. You used that term earlier. We have to steward what's been assigned to us for the Lord's glory, not for our glory and for our pride. We have to be very careful with that. You know, there's, right. a, there's a pastor who um, pastors a church just outside of Atlanta, um, Crawford Loritz, who is a, I'm just a huge fan of him. He used to speak at Promise Keepers events and has spoken for some of our events But I remember him talking about when the Lord puts his hand of favor on you, then you better recognize that he's the one that chooses to put that hand on you and he can choose to lift lift it at, at any time. And so it's not a scenario where, you know, it's it's by works, but right. Still, we don't want to do anything that is going to cause the Lord to lift his hand of favor from us. Um, And so that, that stewarding our gifts, our abilities, our resources, our influence, our relationships, all of those things for the Lord's glory and kingdom advancement are critical. So let me, uh, in the in interest of time, I, 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 we could go on forever, and I've really enjoyed this. I appreciate so much your your willingness to get beyond the fact that I, I don't do this. My boys are normally the ones talking, but I really wanted to talk to you, Mom, because I, I appreciate the perspective that you have, and I think it's going to be a blessing to some, some of the moms in our audience. Um, and so what advice would you have for the young mother who's – kids are underfoot, their sons are worrying them to death and, and, or whatever, um, what advice do you have for them about how to make it through a tough season and see the Lord work in their lives? And, and listen, the tough seasons of parenting never end. We've got adult kids and we're still, I mean, it's, it's, we're praying for them. We're, we're cheering for them. We're encouraging them. Um, but what advice do you have for moms?
1: So there's a, there's a couple of things. So when, when your kids, one thing that God showed me, um, because I didn't have, I didn't have a, or none of us have a, a manual, but me personally, I didn't have a father in my life. Yeah. I didn't have a mother to show me, you know, how to be a mom. I, I didn't have any of those things. I just had God. Um, and I, I would ask God some of the most minute, smallest things on how to be a mother. Um, I was crying when the baby was crying. Um, you know, those nights happen, yeah. but I'm here and, and my kids are fine. They're okay. Um, and one thing that I would say is we get so entrenched in now and what's going on now. If we step back one scripture that I love, it talks about the sons of Issachar and mm-hmm. them knowing what time it was. Yeah, You have to know what season you're in. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. And if you know what season you're in, you can speak over that season and say, I know this is just a season. There's a time and a season for everything. And this right now is what God has me going through. I'm just going to worship while I wait. I'm just going to praise while I wait. I'm going to learn while I wait. We have to learn what we need to do during those times. And instead of us, you know, giving up, that may not be the time to give up. It may be the time to pray. It may be the time to speak life over your children. Um, I used to go into my kids' rooms at night and I would put all over them. I mean, I still do that, but I would go in there and just pray over them and speak things over them. And you have to do it. And even in your prayer time, you have to call their names out because if you don't cover them, I don't know who
0: will. That's right. That's exactly right. My wife and I have talked about how many kids in our neighborhood do not have their names called out in prayer. And, um, you know, we try to stand in the gap where we can. But, you know, I, I'll just say something about legacy. M- my wife and I both come from families where um, both of our parents are still alive. Both, you know, all four grandparents of our kids um, know the Lord, walk with the Lord, pray routinely awesome. for our kids. And so Stacy and I talk about, you know, we can't take credit for what the Lord is doing in their lives, exactly. because they've got such a legacy of prayer, and they're lifted up by many people every day, um, and that's tougher when a family like yours is a tra- what I call a transition family. You're moving from a, a, being part of a family that that didn't walk with the Lord to creating a new history for the Jenkins family and for Christopher and Jabez and they will have they have parents who pray over them and their children will have grandparents who pray over them. Praise God, you're casting you guys are casting vision for them to be husbands and fathers and I hope grandfathers and and community leaders and uh, church leaders um we can pray over our kids and speak over them those things cast vision for them encourage them and it's such a blessing um and 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 we need to be doing that for our kids so thank you for investing in christopher and jabez in in those ways for loving your husband well through all of this i know he's he's even more of a silent partner in this whole thing than than you are but i know he's there and uh and I'm just thankful for that. So any final comments before we shut down?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to uh, speak to the moms. And just one last thing that God just um, placed in my in my mind and my spirit is um, there's phases to this thing with raising children. Um, but when they're little, the things that we see that um, we're like, why is he doing that? I, I didn't teach him that. Or, you know, where did he learn that? Or where did that come from? We have to nurture. Mm -hmm. We have to ask God, God, give me what it takes to nurture that because you put that there. So what do I do with it as a mom? Um, And that that's just what I would lead with is say, God, help me to raise him with the gift or the talent or, you know, whatever it is that he has um, Help me to nurture that in him.
0: Yeah, you mentioned it earlier, Um, I think it's Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Raise up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And we we often... Tend to think that that means if we take our kids to church while they're little, then they'll come back to church. But really, what that verse is talking about is that if we raise a child according to the way God has wired them and made them and built them, if we seek to help them live into God's design for their lives. Then um, they're going to hit a groove that feels right, right, and we yes. can help y- them with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah it's yep. so cool. Yes. So yes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll finish with this Proverbs thirty-one. I, I just think it's it's so interesting. Proverbs thirty-one is is talking about this this godly woman, and um, verse nineteen says she puts her hand to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle. So she was weaving. She was, she was sewing. She was making things. But then we get to the ends of this. Uh, verse 27 says, She looks well to the ways of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, excellently but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates noble warriors is a men's ministry um and i talk to men all the time but it's been so refreshing and fun to have a conversation with you about your work raising godly men and uh so that will be a blessing to some of the folks who listen to us so thank you so much for your time queenie and oh, uh,
1: thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: It was great fun. And maybe I'll get Christopher and Jabez on next time and we'll have a great conversation yeah. about all the stuff that they're doing. So, um, but yeah. thanks so much. So,
1: you're more than welcome. My pleasure.
0: Well, God bless you, guys, uh, ladies, and gentlemen, folks. Thanks for listening to the Noble Man Podcast. This has been our great joy to have Queenie Jenkins on as our guest today. And um, so, check out the show notes. We'll put links to their website, um, Kings and Gents, and to some of the other information, the Kidpreneur website, uh, and the information about that course. We'll put that information out there for you as well. But uh, really, just to encourage you to invest in the ongoing development of your own children and grandchildren cast vision for them as godly men, and uh, keep pouring into them the word of God, the love of God, the wisdom of God, and he will move on from there. He will take all of that and bring glory to himself through it. So God bless you folks. Thank you so much.